and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're live. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln in Draper, 11442 South uh, Lone Peak Parkway, really just off of uh, I-15, the 114th South exit, just uh, west of I-15. Come on out and uh, see us. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily. Gordon, hey, we get a- yes. Yeah. What's that place look like, Jake? What do you mean, what does it look like? It's uh, Describe describe your setting there. I, it sounds like a, a, a real nice store. Oh, it's very nice. It's it's new. As you know, Gordon, the 114th South Exit off I-15 has not been around for all that long. So it's a brand right. new building. Uh-huh. Uh, big, beautiful, open uh, showroom. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the service department right now. They have That is a huge service department. I, I checked out the refreshment room. Uh, a little bit earlier, and yeah, they've got free sodas, coffee, snacks. Your Sounds type of good. your type of joint, there, Gordon. <laughs> All right. Sounds uh, good. Let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he joins us every week. Former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum with us here on the Big Show. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? We are doing terrific. Uh, curious to your thoughts on uh, Gordon and I were just talking about this in the last hour. Uh, the Pac-12 is is exploring whether or not uh, they would be willing to schedule some non-conference games if they lose uh, some teams because they can't, uh, you know, fill the requirement. What is it, Gordon? Fifty-three man roster. Yes. Uh, like we've seen a, a bunch in the Pac-12 so far. Uh, what do you What do you think about the uh, possibility of BYU picking up a Pac-12 team at the last moment on this schedule? If it's Utah, I'm in. If it's anyone else, uh, we, either we could go either way. But I mean, if, if, if there's a possibility to play Utah this year, then I think that would be so fun to watch. And both fan bases, I think, would appreciate the opportunity to see how each team matches up uh, against one another this year. I think, uh, obviously, no, no matter what, BYU Utah games are always close. So I think I think that would be a fun one. But also, I think uh, it would be good for BYU to schedule anyone um, if, from from the Pac-12. I think just to continue to fill that schedule, continue to to build the strength of the schedule, uh, get more opportunities to play against quality opponents. I think it would be a win-win both for BYU and for the Pac-12 too to get some extra games on their schedule. So Tanner, you and I have had the conversation before, where you know if you have BYU playing the schedule they're playing this year, which is uh, virtually no difficult games. Uh, Boise State was supposed to be Houston, maybe, but uh, it's uh, this has worked out in their favor as far as uh, sort of branding moving forward and reputation across the country. So. Would you risk an undefeated season by scheduling a game like that at this point? That that is, it's a high risk, high reward. Because if you if you do lose, basically you lose a lot of validation in a lot of ways. You lose a lot of credibility. But if you win, you only further cement your status as one of the top teams in the country. 
And I think with all these Big Ten teams that are starting to creep in, I saw that Indiana's ninth, Wisconsin's tenth. If they continue to win, they could leapfrog Cincinnati, BYU, and work their way up into that top five conversation. And so I think you need, you need to do something to combat that because playing North Alabama isn't going to do that. But if you play a Pac-12 team, if you play a better program, then you can make a better case to, to keep that spot ahead of those Big Ten teams. Because even though Big Ten teams only played a couple games, a few games, they're going to get more, uh, I guess, taken a little, little bit more seriously just, just because of the conference they're in, the teams they're playing. So I think by uh, scheduling a, a Pac-12 team or two, uh, it, would only hurt, it would only help and um, continue to make that case for a, for, for a New Year's Six Bowl. Tanner, give us something good or bad that has surprised you about this BYU team. Good question. There's a lot of things. I would say the thing that has surprised me the most is the defense. That was a concern of, of mine. I think a concern of a lot of, um, of uh, BYU fans. Uh, last year, games against South Florida, games against Toledo, where they just did not look themselves, and just was they were quite porous, to be honest, against pretty lackluster teams. And I knew that Coach Tuiaki had good schemes that he, you know that he had uh, also Kalani as, as a defensive mastermind to help you know to help run that defense. So I knew they had it in them. I think it was just a matter of kind of getting the right pieces in place. Um, and, and I had a feeling that the offense would continue to improve. I think it was just a matter of time of getting the right uh, experienced guys uh, to get that offense going. But the, the, the defense was a big question, question mark. But I think this year they've just shut teams down week after week. They've, they've, they've had some weak spots here and there, weak quarters here and there. But overall, on the whole, I mean, they're one of the top defenses in the country. And, of course, always, everyone's always going to respond with, yeah, but look who they played. But even then, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't just, just say that. you got to look at, look at how they're playing, look at the plays they're making, um, look at the way that they're shutting down typically powerful offenses like Navy, like Houston, uh, like Boise State, you know, teams that have, that have had success uh, moving the football and BYU's really shut them down. So I think the veterans on that defensive unit combined with the, uh, the, 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 the tweaks in the coaching uh, scheme have been really, really good to watch and, and a pleasant surprise, I think, for all of Cougar Nation. Speaking of pleasant surprises, it's always enjoyable to watch any player on any team make great progress moving forward. And it seems like, uh, based on things I've heard you say before, and I don't think Tyler Algier would mind me bringing this up, that he's a guy who went from a certain place to a place now where he is a gifted running back, uh, Tanner. Uh, Talk about his progress, because when you first saw him play, he's been moved around and stuff, but it seemed like, uh, well, progress is the word. That's a great shout. I think that's probably the second biggest surprise of, of this season is Tyler Algier. I did not expect him at all to have the year that he's having. I was with him in 2018, and he was just starting and just trying to get his feet under him, trying to learn the running back um, position there at BYU. And, and he, 
he struggled a little bit. He just he just wasn't comfortable, wasn't confident. Uh, just needed to, to develop a little bit. And then in 2019, they moved him to linebacker, and he then he had to start all over and learn how to play that position, and struggled there, and then you know wasn't uh, didn't feel overall comfortable in that spot. And then they move him back to running back, and now here he is, is having a breakout year, which has been amazing to see because that means that despite everything going on, despite the, the setbacks, this, the disappointments, which I know he was feeling. I mean, two years of of you know 2018, 2019, and two years of not having uh, maybe your 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 best seasons, that can be tough. But he stuck with it, kept working, and now here he is having an, an amazing year. Um, I, I think I think a lot of people thought Lupini Katoa um, would be kind of the premier back, um, and, and while he's had a good year, it's been great. It's been good to see the uh, the combination of him with with Tyler, who's really come on and and um, shown me a lot of good things: vision, um, understanding uh, pass pro, pass protection, and uh, being able to contribute in both both the run game and the pass game. So it's that's a very Pleasant surprise for sure that I did not see coming. Tanner Mangum is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, uh, Tanner, asking you a question I asked Gordon a couple of weeks ago, and maybe the, the answer to this is just super obvious, but is this the last season we're going to see Zach Wilson at BYU? <laughs> I, I think so. This, and this is just pure speculation on my part, but I think so. And, and if obviously he has to weigh that decision, and he will – make the decision that's best for him. But if, if I'm him, I'm going. <laughs> I'm gone. I mean, look at how his stock has risen. Look at the uh, the attention he's getting from NFL scouts and analysts. Um, I think you'd be crazy not to. I, I just think uh, he's he's proven himself as a, as a player, as a leader. And uh, when, when you're a kid, you dream of playing in the NFL. You, you dream of playing college football, of course, but you, the ultimate goal is to get that get to that next level, and so to have it now so close, to have it within his within his grasp, I think absolutely you should take it, and um, and I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, it's amazing to see how things have come together. I knew he had the talent, I knew there, I knew he had the potential. Uh, it was just a matter of getting the pieces in place, and so I you know I I hope he does what's best for him. We, you know, obviously he has to follow his heart, do what he wants, um, but. To me, in my eyes, it makes a lot of sense to uh, to take this success and then uh, translate it to the next level. Yeah, and he has been injured in the past, so who wants to go through that again, you know, and not be yeah, paid for it? Yeah, there's always risks. Yeah, there are risks involved. And speaking of risks, Jake, remember Matt Barkley? Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Or, or, even, uh, or even Matt Leiner. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Tanner, uh, from a quarterbacking, let me put you on the spot here. Break down Zach Wilson's game. What what is it? And both from on the pro and the con side. Uh, go ahead and critique him. Uh, we can obviously see some great strengths, uh, and, but but will you uh, itemize those strengths? And then if you see a weakness, or not necessarily a weakness, but something the kid has to work on, what? How would you how would you answer that? So I think a couple comparisons, a couple comps that might be able to help people. And I'm not saying he is at their level or has their skill who is just as good as them, but he, but he's reminiscent of Aaron Rodgers 
and Patrick Mahomes. Again, I'm not saying that he he is at their level, but it's his style of play is reminiscent of theirs and the way that they approach the game, the way that they play the game. And what I mean by that is there's a type of smooth, almost effortless athleticism that they play the position with. Like, for example, a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, uh, Philip Rivers, um, you know, successful quarterbacks who they don't have that smooth athletic uh, athleticism to rely on, but they have other things. They have other strengths. Whereas, like a Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, they have this smooth athletic ability to create space, to create uh, plays with their feet as well as their arm. And and another similar thing that he has with them, he has the ability to throw the ball from a lot of different angles, uh, different arm angles. He, he he can make those kind of a backyard football throws where you can throw a kind of sidearm under even underhand uh you know pitching it forward he's just he has he makes a lot of tough throws look really easy on the run he can he can sling it um even when his feet are offset uh in the pocket he can from weird awkward body positions he can still generate a lot of arm power similar to Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers those those NFL quarterbacks are extremely talented with their arm and I think I see a lot of that in Zach because he's done a lot of work to generate power from his hips. His mechanics are amazing because he's really worked on uh, separating the upper body with the lower body and, and generating a lot of torque with the hips. And you, you see a lot of quarterbacks working on that these days. It's become a much more focused on point. So he's got that ability to create power with his with his arm through through his core, to just make hard, uh, difficult throws look easy. And then how do you, do, how also, do you Tanner? How do you do that? How, how does how do you explain well, that? Well, it's, it's years and years of, of repetition and and muscle memory. So when, when you know I, I've worked with a lot of young quarterbacks when you when when you're learning how to throw, there's a lot that goes into it with football. Um, it's not just who has the biggest uh, arm or who's the, the biggest kid or who's the strongest. Um, while, while my arm strength wasn't the best, it was, it was decent just because, and, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a skinny guy. Like I'm not like the, the biggest, strongest guy, but it's, there's mechanics that, that tie together with your hips, your core, your arm angle, the, uh, the, the shoulder mobility, there's a lot of things that play together to help create arm strength, to help create velocity. And that just takes years and years of repetition, just similar to a golf swing or a baseball swing. You watch professional golfers, professional baseball players, when they're swinging, their whole body is working together. Their legs, their hips, their core, the, the, the upper body, it all works together to, to create strength or to create velocity. It's not just about who's biggest. And so, you know, props to Zach for, for really working on that. And, and so it shows in his arm strength. You're seeing it this year with a lot of throws that he's making across his body, across the field, on the run, uh, feet not set. You, no matter what's going on, he can generate that arm power. And then you add his feet. He, he, can, he can run, he can hurdle, he can juke. Um, which which makes it really hard to defend at the defense when when you can maybe you know cover cover downfield, but then you have to account for him taking off with his feet. 
That's that's tough. And his so I, I would say one area that he could work on is is in uh, overall decision making. And he's gotten a lot better though. Obviously this year, I mean, incredible touchdown to interception ratio. So he, he's he's already made him huge strides in that. Just from 2018 to 2019 last year, there were some struggles there, but this year he's really honed in on that. Of just he, he he's very confident. And that's when he plays his best is when he's when he's confident. He can just trust in his ability, trust in the guys around him, and he can just take shots downfield. He's fearless. He's not afraid of, of making big throws. But sometimes, every now and then, they can get him in a little bit of trouble where he's trying to extend plays, trying to force things maybe a little too much. Um, but, again, I think he's gotten so much better at that. Uh, that, was, that was one area of concern that I saw in 2018, which is just trying to do a little too much. But now he's really, he's really honed it in and found that balance between playing bold, playing fearless, while also being smart and take, taking care of the football. And that's the best kind of combination you can have. He's our friend Tanner Mangum with us here on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Tanner, I don't know if you were on Twitter yesterday, but uh, BYU t- Twitter was a tad bit grumpy uh, with uh, um, Jameis Winston coming in to replace Drew, uh, Drew Brees um, instead of um, Taysom Hill. What are your thoughts on Taysom Hill, the uh, pro quarterback? Do you think he has the ability to be QB1 on an NFL team? Well, it's it's quite interesting that uh, Taysom and Jameis are together on the same team because those those are the two quarterbacks that I've been forever linked with throughout my quarterback career. Obviously, going being in the same graduating class as Jameis, going to the Elite Eleven and the Under Armour All American game with him, I was always referenced next to him. And then obviously Taysom, and so now to hear to have them together is kind of uh, kind of surreal, kind of a full circle moment but um to answer your question i i i think it's 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 a a tough situation that i i can't necessarily um i I just don't know what it's like there on that saints team and the type of reps that Taysom's getting at qb1 because they they're using him in such unique ways Right, he's he's the pocket knife. They're using him at running back, at tight end, at fullback, at quarterback, at receiver, and he's doing so in special teams. So he's doing so much, and so I don't know how many reps he's getting uh, that a normal quarterback would get. Whereas Jameis, that's all he's doing. He's getting the quarterback reps. He has to be prepared as the QB two in case Drew goes down because Taysom's doing all these other things. They they need him to be a part of their their offensive scheme, their offensive sets, their formations that feature him. And so I think they're I think right now they're just leaving him in that in that role and letting Jameis kind of de- develop as the as the backup. So I mean if if, if Jason's going to be an NFL starting quarterback I, I think it just comes down to experience. It comes down to to the to the reps that he gets. And um and while he's gotten a few, he still hasn't thrown that many passes in in NFL games. They're they're few and far between. They're a lot of them are trick plays. Um, and the ones, the the drop back plays that I have seen, a lot of the time, he takes off running. So there's just not a lot of sample size to work with. Uh, but you know, I think there's potential. There's definite potential. But I think uh, his athletic ability and his ability to to play other positions, um, that value that he brings as a versatile playmaker, right now outweighs the value he brings as a normal as a normal quarterback. 
See, Jake, the way you went, I think you agree with me on this. He's a better athlete than he is quarterback. I do. And yeah. that might make some BYU fans angry. But, uh, yeah. I, Tanner, maybe we're wrong on this, but he, he doesn't Yeah, he doesn't really seem – his arm doesn't seem as accurate as an NFL arm needs to be. Uh, but what a great athlete. I mean. Yeah, I think that that's what I'm getting at. Like The value that he brings as an athlete is huge. And right now the Saints are saying that outweighs the value that he might bring as a quarterback. And, and I, I think that, that there are things that need to be developed for him to take that next step to be a, a full-time starting QB1. Tanner, we always appreciate it when you have a chance to drop by the show. Thank you very much. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. That's Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. He joins us each and every Monday. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.